Hello from ABA Tech Show 2019 in Chicago, Illinois. I'm Sharon Nelson. And I'm Brett Burney. And John Simic. And we're on the road with Legal Talk Network. And we're back. Thank you so much for joining us on On the Road. It's a pleasure to be here in the Windy City. Today we're talking about collecting and preserving discovery from mobile devices. So, Brett, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where do you work? What do you do? Hi, Sharon. It's great to be with you guys. I do mostly e-discovery consulting on an independent basis. So I work with both law firms and in-house corporate legal departments and helping them navigate the troubled waters of electronic discovery. And John? I'm the vice president of Sensei Enterprises out of uh, Fairfax, Virginia, because Brett didn't tell you where he was based out of. It it doesn't Um, matter so much. (laughs) (laughs) Everything is virtual, right? Exactly. Uh, Primarily what I get involved in is uh, digital forensics and cybersecurity. So, Brett, let me ask you the $50,000 question. What's the number one thing lawyers should know about collecting and preserving discovery from mobile devices? Uh, Good question. So, John and I just were uh, giving this presentation just now to a really full room. It's great that people are here and they are interested to know what they need to know about collecting information from mobile devices, which I say today, mobile devices are basically the new personal computer. They're not cell phones that can do a few other things. They have almost replaced like people's personal computers. And so just like we talk about backups for yep. personal computers, John and I, we're, we're both talking to a lot of folks that considering backups even for your mobile devices, a lot of times they'll back up to like iCloud. John, you talked a little bit about uh, iCloud and Google has a system where they back up everything to the cloud. But you can also do local backups as well, like through the iTunes software to a computer, for example. So just know that you can access some of the information that you may need to be collecting from mobile devices from backups, like text messages, for example, even call logs or other information. You can do that, gather that kind of information from even backups that you make, either from iCloud or from a local backup, like using a computer with iTunes software. Mm-hmm. Well, there are some lawyers, Brett, that do self-collection, but there are some concerns about that. How, how do you uh, look at self-collection? What would you say? Yeah, so I get this question a lot because, well, frankly, I think a lot of lawyers are a little nervous about collecting information from mobile devices, either because they're not familiar with it or they're a little nervous they're going to mess it up. And so the self-collection question comes up quite a bit. I see, I call it from one end of my unscientific spectrum, on one end of, of mobile data collection is doing screenshots. So clients can actually just take screenshots of their text messages if that's something they need to collect and preserve, for example. Not necessarily the way that I recommend that people do it all the time, but it is a method of collecting information, uh, self-collection. But you can also even use other software, like one that John and I talked about was called Mm -hmm. iExplorer. There's one called Decipher Tools. That It's software that's on your computer. You plug your mobile device or a client's mobile device into the computer, and you can, again, create a backup of a lot of that information, such as text messages, call logs, even pictures and photographs. And in some aspects, that's a type of self-collection, I think, for information on mobile devices. Not only is what I recommend, but it is a potential option. But I think also, Brett, those those software, those backup softwares are relatively inexpensive. But another nice advantage is you can target. So maybe maybe you only want pictures. So just do that. Right. Right. 
Well, even like the thing with text messages, just quickly, if you use something like iExplorer or some of these software tools on the computer, it will create it and make it look like it looks on the phone, right? Instead of just a straight, a straight database. But then you can also create a PDF out of that. So people like that because we all know how to work with PDF files. Mm -hmm. And so that's an easy way to maybe produce it to the other side if necessary. So let's take it to the other side of the spectrum, John, and tell us a little bit about how you do a collection in digital forensics. Well, forensics collections uh, are a lot more complicated and a lot harder and, frankly, a lot more expensive. <laughs> the, the hardware that you need, the software that you need, and, and I'm talking by more expensive, thousands and tens of thousands of dollars just to get started in this thing. So I know a lot of lawyers, they don't like... <laughs> to pay that kind of money, you know? They're not paying the tens of thousands, but they're paying a much higher price if a forensic uh, acquisition is required. But it might be warranted in, in, in some cases because you're really, really trying to get to a lot of deleted information or a lot of really, uh, all kinds of metadata type things or things, things that aren't retrieved from a backup piece of software. Well, one of the questions that we get asked most often, and I know you can answer, John, is can the government get into all of our cell phones today? <laughs> well, I think it's kind of two-pronged. Can they or should they? I think it's another <laughs> way. <laughs> um, That's not what she asked. <laughs> Do they have the physical capacity to get into not our in cell phones? Not in everything. Now, and, you know, the, the manufacturers are getting so, so much more focused on privacy, and they should be. So the devices are encrypted just by merely locking a device. And I'm talking, you know, whether it's iOS or Android, it doesn't matter, that all the devices today, if you lock it, whether it's with facial ID, facial recognition or touch ID or right. a PIN or password or any of that, it encrypts the contents. Now, depending on how, it's only a strong, obviously, right? You talked at our session, right. read about a four-digit PIN, and there is specific software and methods that can crack through a four-digit PIN pretty quickly so, you know, and, and what was that uh, one video we saw? The, the rapper that was talking to Trump that had 000 as an unlock code? Exactly. <laughs> so that's not a real secure thing. Um, <laughs> Don't but, use but, 1111 or 1234, right? Do a little yeah. bit better than that. <laughs> but gen generally, uh, I think the answer to your question is, if you take the right precautions, you enable multi-factor authentication, right. uh, and you put a lock code, then the government's not going to get into there. Now, that's not to say that they can't, subpoena and access the data on the back end through the cellular carrier, but not from your device. Well, before we close it out today, I have one last question for you. If our listeners would like to follow up, how can they reach you, Brett? Probably my website, BernieConsultants.com. You can always happy to take questions and get some email. How about you, John? I think the best way is uh, also through our website. There's our contact information and things are there, and that's uh, Sensei. E-N-T, so S-E-N-S-E-I-E-N-T.com. Well, we've reached the end of End of the Road for today's episode. I want to thank our guests for joining us today, uh, John uh, Simic and Brett Burney. We also want to thank our listeners for tuning in. If you like what you heard today, please subscribe, rate, and review us in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your other favorite podcast source. We'll see you next time for another episode of On the Road with Legal Talk Network. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. 
as always, consult a lawyer. 